It's time for Twig This Week at Google. Jeff Jarvis joins us this week from France, where he was at the EG8 Summit and stood up for the rights of man and woman and the Internet. We'll talk about it next on This Week in Google. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for This Week in Google is provided by Cashfly. C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Twig. This Week in Google. Episode 96, recorded May 25th, 2011. Do no harm. This Week in Google is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free 14-day trial, go to Squarespace.com slash twig, and be sure to check out their annual plans for savings of up to 20% off. It's time for Twig This Week in Google, and uh, from the Googleverse in the cloud, Gina Trapani is joining us, actually. Uh, 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 uh. What? 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 Gina who? Trapani. <laughs> Trapani. Tomato, tomato. Gina Trapani is here. I can't do it. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Gina Trapani is here from smarterware.org. And Good afternoon. Uh, think up app. Hello, Gina. Fine gentlemen of the free and open internet. And we Love must say a bonsoir to our good friend Jeff bonsoir. Jarvis, who is still in Paris. Uh, as, is the EG8 all wrapped up? It did this evening, yes. So yes, I You've had your saumon. And you've spoken to the president. In fact, I'm going to play the question you asked the president. This is, um, there's a couple, there's a, quite a few videos of you actually at the EG8 summit. And yeah, yeah, do you want to set this up? What sure. is the EG8 summit? The E8, of course, is the uh, eight world leaders who meet once a year. And Sarkozy in France are the president of it this year. And he decided to bring the internet to the agenda. So he held an a prior EG8 meeting in Paris the last two days, trying to get a discussion going about uh, internet policy and his belief that he should uh, bring regulation to it. He used to talk about wanting to civilize the internet. He stopped doing that, according to my French friends, but that's still kind of his attitude, is that he wants to bring order and civility to this very strange thing we have here. Yeah. As does the Chinese government, by the way. Yes, yes. Well, that's uh, a problem. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> allied. Yeah. So uh, he kicked off the uh, EG8 forum. There were, how many people were there? About a thousand people in a gigantic kind of tent structure, uh, catering by Le Note. Uh, and um, party last night in uh, the Louvre, right wow. next to that. Uh, the, the tent structure was built on the Tuileries. And um, so he it opened up with uh, uh, Maurice Lévy from Publicis, the ad, big giant ad, ad, ad agency that organized this, uh, interviewing Sarkozy uh, after he gave a, a talk. And so he gave the talk, and, and they talked, and so then there were some questions, and then I, um, like a rude American, um, drew attention to myself. Now, a journalist told me today that she said, well, did they arrange the question with you? I said, well, may no. And she said, well, every other question was arranged. Oh, you. Oh. And somehow, according to her, at least, she hasn't sent me the link yet. I, I don't know this verified, but according to her, um, I guess Levy made the mistake of calling on me, and a big mistake it was. 
Jeff, we are so proud. I love you. You're representative rebel, baby. We are yeah. so proud you went, and here I, he is. I had a job to do. I was only there, only there at all, because Leo Laporte, president of the internet, was asked. <laughs> the president de internet. And uh, Leo couldn't go, and so I went, and I figured I had a job to do. So I wrote a post beforehand talking about what I would say, and indeed, that's what I did say. Yeah, the post is on uh, buzzmachine.com. A great uh, post. First, do no harm. Here is uh, the official. This is the official uh, EG8 video, uh, yeah. which is available on YouTube. Uh, but of course, because it's uh, from Sarkozy, it's only 360p. So apologies for the poor quality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't hear any audio. Oh, here we go. Is that Sarkozy, right? Oui. Yes. And there's Maurice. Le, uh, Bonjour, Monsieur le Président. Je m'appelle Jeff Jarvis. I'm Jeff Jarvis, University of New York. You say that, acknowledge that government does not own the Internet, yet we see governments trying to claim sovereignty there. A U.S. Uh, official calls the Internet an eighth continent. It is a new land. And what makes it free and open is its very structure of being distributed and open. And so as you go to the G8, I have one small request. I think this discussion is wonderful. I think this discussion about principles and the Internet and shared understanding and potential is very much what we need. But I would ask a government to take a Hippocratic oath for the Internet, and that is first, do no harm. Not everyone applauding, I know. No, a smattering in the back. Honestly, it's not very difficult. Well, honestly, it's not difficult to answer that question. Do no harm. Absolutely. I mean, why should you think we would harm you? You've got tremendous potential for growth and knowledge. It's extraordinary. I like the expression, the eighth continent. But what do you mean by harm? I will certainly pay very close attention to this. Now, do you mean that bringing up the matter of uh, security from terrorism is a question of harm? Is that harmful? Or if we say to you, you are creative people, what you've created has to be protected, respected, and we have to also respect and protect other creators, is that harmful to you? If we say, You wanted the Eighth Continent to be the continent of freedom and openness. Uh, we mustn't lead to, we say though, we mustn't give rise to new monopolies. Is that harmful? We can say there are sacred universal values such as protecting a child, from some predatory nature of some adults. Is that harmful to you? I do not think so. I think what would be harmful to you would be to not recognize that you are responsible, competent people, good citizens, good global citizens, shouldering their responsibilities. 
what would be harmful to you would be to not even bring up the issue, being afraid you wouldn't understand it. You've understood the future so well, are certainly fully capable of understanding this matter. So if I'm to do a Hippocratic oath of doing you no harm, yes, I would accept that oath. I could even say to you, I like you, and uh, huh. I'd rather the sunshine than the rainfall. I'd rather businesses making money than businesses losing money. Uh, it's uh, great being here, but ask for stronger commitments on my part. And what I can say to you, and I'm convinced that for my colleagues heads of state and government, the same holds true. We're fully aware of the power of the Internet. And at the same time, the fragility of the overall Internet ecosystem. We mustn't enact any measures that would complicate the development of this system. I agree with you fully. I, yes, indeed. And I think uh, with the best intentions, we could make for problems. We have to be very careful. So I think in this market that you are creating, which hasn't yet stabilized, we have to be very careful. Think things through carefully before taking a decision. The idea of regulating once and for all is ill-suited to your economy. We have to be very pragmatic, move forward, evolve, use our experience, learn from it. We must um, decide ra to, to do nothing rather than do the wrong thing. Better to hold back yeah. in this sector of growth and therefore instability. So that's my oath that I'd certainly be prepared to uh, adhere to. And let me say that uh, the fact that so many of you came is a good sign. Because <laughs> if you felt that it uh, weren't meaningful, you wouldn't have come. I really do believe it's extremely important for us to continue this dialogue and mutual respect. Believe me, what we want, heads of state and government, is to make no mistake in your area and your economy, which is a work in progress, which is very fragile, which is very powerful at the same time. We do not want to create any instability. So we change a sector? That's a good, I think that's a, that's a, well, certainly a politic answer. Yeah, I mean, he started off, uh, most of it was was quite mocking. Harm? Yeah. What, what, what is harm? I, yeah. Of course I'm not going to cause you harm. Um, the, you know, the, the, Wall Street is, Journal, the Wall Street Journal, which quoted you, unfortunately, without quoting your name, yeah, yeah. did in fact pick up on that kind of dismissive response. Yes. That, yeah. hey, yeah, I was citizens. delighted that it was the lead of them all. Yeah. But, but, uh, it, 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 it got quartered around, but but yeah, he was he was dismissive of it and and said, uh, you know, the good news is he takes the pledge. The bad news is he doesn't believe it or or know what it means. Well, see, that's and I guess that's the difficulty is that um, he was smart enough to to hit the right notes towards the end there about yeah, it's yeah. a nascent uh, economy and we don't we would rather do nothing than do something wrong. But what you're saying, what others are saying, is that. That's, he doesn't believe that. No, 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 no. And the New York Times today reported that the that the final report of the event was as much as written before the event. Yeah, that's the that that's was what Cory Doctorow feared, is that by going, he would give an imprimatur to an yes. event that was really just a dog and pony show so that the document that resulted, which, by the way, I think Mark Zuckerberg is delivering, right? Uh, various. Zuckerberg Schmidt, I think six or seven uh, internet executives are going to Deauville with uh, Sarkozy. So and really, they they're the guys who are putting the imprimatur on that. 
Yeah, to a great extent they are, and there's some report coming out. Already the Germans have said that they don't go along. The Americans said that they don't go along. Um, Sarkozy was trying, to, the way Cory Doctorow put it, was this was a smokescreen on his effort to get the G8 to regulate the Internet. Uh, another friend of mine said to two of us who went, uh, he sent an email to us, you are the lipstick on the pig, smooch, smooch. <laughs> now that's just mean. Uh, well, yeah, he wasn't going. He was jealous. Uh, now, but, 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 um, yeah. It is true that uh, at least President Obama and maybe other G8 leaders didn't want the Internet on the agenda at G8 at all. There, he's, he said there's more important things. But also not having it on. Is it better not to have it on the agenda? That's that's the question here. The, 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 you know, what I argued there and, and my post and felt strong, more strongly even after being there was that I don't blame Sarkozy for filling in the vacuum. The vacuum was left by us, the people of the Internet. We didn't hold this meeting. We didn't uh, bring this large-level discussion. Uh, he did. Now, the problem is the meeting occurs at government's table, and he invited who he wanted to that table, and that was big executives and a lot of really big old-time executives to it. And very Rupert few Murdoch civil society. Murdoch, who Our favorite last stalking horse. Had to use the Internet, right? Um, the head of Universal in France was just laughable. Uh, the head of the uh, Italian newspaper company was similarly laughable. I and mean, there were just, it was, it was jowly, old-time, 1998 internet attitude to a lot of those people. On the other hand, you had uh, Sean Parker and um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Eric Schmidt, uh, uh, and other people like that there. And so it was a very strange mix. Susan Crawford, uh, ex-member of the ICANN board, who's one of my heroes, said that... Uh, uh, you know, she knew we were lipstick on the pig. I asked her whether she was glad we came, and she said yes. She thinks that we at least showed them that there was opposition to their view. The two heroes of the event to me were Larry Lessig and John Perry Barlow. They were both there. They were both there, and they were both on panels. Uh, there was a there was a, an intellectual property panel that was just unbelievable, and I was tweeting at the moment this came on because Sarkozy had talked about how this is a revolution. And I said, well, here's the revolution. Who the hell are the revolutionaries in the room? And on the stage walked John Prey Barlow. Okay, done. <laughs> there they are. And, yeah, amen. God bless him. God bless him. He was just wonderful. And he was ready to erupt like Iceland the whole time. Yeah. He was the only guy who was defending. He said, listening to this panel, I think I came from a different planet. Uh, he talked about the Grateful Dead giving away music and how it worked for them as a business. He was the only one up there who actually made content. Yeah. And it was pretty disgusting all around. So, so John was just, I also like how they called his name. It was Jean Perry. Jean Perry Barlow. Um, Jean Perry Barlow. <laughs> and uh, so he was great. And Larry Lessig did a presentation this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to say that he remade the presentation last night and included Do No Harm in it. Yeah. My life is complete. I'm on uh, Twin and Twig. I've been used as a Howard Stern bumper, and I've been part of a Larry Lesson keynote. You made it. You're done. Bucket list. <laughs> Crossed off. Um, done. No, he's got more to do. We want more, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, uh, we so, do want more. So uh, Lessig was just great. And, and the problem is, as Lessig says these days, they're using the wrong architecture to judge all this. And they're still judging, as we know, about the old architecture, but they can't right. understand the new architecture. They can't understand how to make this world work. Uh, and John, John Perry, uh, was was mocking the numbers that the entertainment folks came up with and said that even at the highest number you give me, 
that industry is not worth saving for the price of hampering the internet and right. the freedom we have. Right. Right. I mean, it's small. It's tiny. Yeah. Compared yeah. to even Google alone. Yeah. I guess some que one question is uh, um, if Google and Facebook are rep <laughs> which camp are they in? I mean, are they well, are they the pull the ladder up camp? Uh, you know, we made it. Uh, whoosh, now let's stop innovation cold. Yeah, I mean, it's a problem. Uh, uh, Yochai Benkler from Harvard Berkman Center, whom I respect greatly, was there, and he was all eager to buy. He told me an Android phone until the. Um, the deal came along between Google and Verizon, and he pulled out his iPhone out of his pocket because it was now the lesser evil. And we're, there was a lot of talk there among you know folks like us of the great disappointment at Google. Yeah, no kidding. Benkler, uh, by the way, his classic book, The Wealth of Networks, he released it uh, for free on the internet. Yeah, and also he has the auto audio version is uh, you know mechanicized mechanicized voiced mechanicized no yeah. mechanical mechanical voice yeah computer Thank voice you. yeah uh, and I'll tell you listen I've tried it. listening to that book which is about nine hundred pages in that voice is really <laughs> yeah. a challenge you know I'll read it uh, Yokai <laughs> I'll read it yeah get Leo to do I'll that I'll record it I'd love to record it really? and do it oh, public great, domain yeah. version if uh, if anybody wanted it to. Is. Yeah, I'd love to. Do, I'll be glad to do that. You can have my voice. For you should. You should. Because it's a Leo. great That's book. It is a great book. Uh, the only problem with it is, uh, you know, even after a couple of years, everything's changed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Yokai's brilliant. He's brilliant. There was a press conference today that uh, uh, Susan Crawford and Yokai, and then, pardon me, Larry Lessig and the head of uh, Reporters Without Borders, uh, which I would say in French, but my, my French is bad. Um, all held with a guy who did uh, try to bring in the civil society. So we tried to get, you know, a voice of opposition going there. Listen, it was fine for them to have a discussion. Uh, obviously, I'm the last person to say someone should have a discussion. But I, and again, I criticize us in the internet more than I do Sarkozy and publicists uh, that, uh, you know, they held the meeting. We didn't. Right. Well, you know, what's great is uh, as the G8 is a, is a uh, incredible spur to protest, this EG8, it was a spur to a, quite an active internet protest around it. There's a web page. There's a lot of people talking about it. Um, so in some ways, credit to a Publicis Group and uh, Sarkozy for starting the conversation. I agree. Um, yeah. we, we can't be really surprised by what came out of it. What, 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 what did that white paper say? Uh, frankly, I, I, was, I was talking to people outside. They, they had uh, bullet points, kind of tweet-length points from all the sessions. There were complaints about how the points didn't mean anything. Uh, that's kind of inevitable. You know, they showed us our, I was on a panel about data and privacy. And, uh, you know, so the, it becomes namby-pamby. What's to be expected? You try to summarize an hour uh, in four points. I, I, I think what he's saying is that it is time to, in his view, to uh, regulate the internet and to bring some safety to it. And a lot of us were saying, no, it's too soon. You don't know what it is yet. And it's a fairly obvious disagreement there. I think that he'll hit resistance. He'll have put it on the agenda. And that's pretty much what he meant to do. And, he, and, and Corey Doctor was right. We were a smokescreen for it. Were we used? Yeah, we absolutely were. Um, and full disclosure is I got travel accommodations uh, to come to this, so I was, uh, you know, I didn't get paid to come, but I got that. No, and I'm glad you and, did because it's very, I, <laughs> it was very expensive <laughs> to oh, do it uh, on well, such short had, notice. They didn't give us a lot of notice. I had a pizza and beer tonight for uh, 50 euro. Yeah, welcome to welcome to Paris. 
Uh, but I'm so, Jeff, uh, on behalf of all of us. Uh, no, 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 no. We're so uh, we, glad I'm, you were. I'm grateful that, that you were generous enough to uh, let me come to the party. And um, uh, I'm sorry I missed, missed the MeSH conference in Toronto, which I was supposed to be at. Right. But I think this was probably important to do and to see what was going on. And those of us who were growling when we were there still said it was important to be there. So I think it was a, it was a good move. And I thank you for being generous enough to open uh, me into the party. Well, it wasn't up to me, but I'm glad Loic Lemur heard us talking about it on Twig. And yep. uh, it was he uh, who got me in. And, uh, of course, he right. was there. And uh, and uh, and uh, you, too, now. And I bet you get an invitation at Low Web in December. <laughs> <laughs> so you get I'm some benefit sure. out of that. <laughs> I'm not sure I'll be back at this one. Uh, the yeah. uh, Do No Harm uh, meme, I'm grateful to say, continued throughout the meeting. Uh, when Olivia Good. was interviewed Zuckerberg at the end, he brought it up again. And so, uh, so we shall see. So That's good for you, Jeff. Yeah. That was What's the whole. The that was that was what you were charged with. And you did a great job. Mission accomplished. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, if you think if an if a, an event like this was organized by the people, Jeff, who do you think should do it? The EFF. Is he frozen, or is he thinking? Uh, I couldn't hear you. It, it was, it was, uh, it, it was, wow, he blinked. I was I was trying to be cool, but it it it, uh, it, it she, absolutely broke up. stopped. She was she was just saying if if there were an event like this uh, with uh, all the players on the internet, who should organize this? The EFF. That's a good question. I think it, I think it'd be many parties. It could be the EFF. Uh, it could be Berkman Center. It could be Mozilla Foundation. Uh, Mitchell Baker was here. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, though I. I'm having a little, dis you know, they're, they're implementing Do Not Track and they're kind of in the, in, in the play there. Um, it could be a bunch of universities. Um, I don't, I'm not sure who else, but I think it could be a lot of different parties could do this. Uh, South by Southwest. I think the EFF, yeah. I think a number of those parties would be seen as partisan. I think that uh, a university, I, I like the Berkman idea. I think a yeah. university is more appropriate than the EFF. EFF had to be at the table, of course. Uh, and and you can't do it with that John Perry Barlow. Well, oh I think it's, you know it's it's great. I'm really sorry I couldn't be there for those who were wondering. I had a family emergency, wasn't able to make it. But uh, I'm so glad that Jeff was there. And I uh, obviously didn't need to be there at all. You did a great job. And boy, you know you 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 set the uh, table really for that do no harm conversation. The, the other highlight Leo would miss was was we were right next to the Louvre and we had the dinner party last night in the Louvre. And, That's pretty um, cool. I don't imagine that happens too often. No, that was cool. And uh, uh, Joe Schorndorf and Asel brought the wine. Uh, one bottle was of, of one was supposed to be worth two grand. Wow. Great wine. Wow. And then they had uh, some uh, tour guides. And so we got to go and see a little bit of the Louvre. So, you know, he stood up close to the Mona Lisa, which was cool. Oh, that's so, neat. That's my nice. That makes it all shot. worthwhile. You coming home tonight or tomorrow? When are you coming home? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning first thing, flying in. All right. Well, we're so glad. And hoping, hoping there's no ash this time. Darn Isn't it funny the same time. thing happened again this year that happened to you Jeez. last year? Yeah. M.G. Siegler, uh, who writes for TechCrunch, was stuck in Iceland itself. He was there for a bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I don't know. I think he missed Disrupt in New York because of it. Did he make it to Disrupt? I don't think. He's there now. Sarah says he's there. Uh, 
Yeah, I was going to interrupt before. Uh, Matt Cutts says that, uh, Leo, you're the president of the Internet, and I'm the spokesman. I'm proud to be the spokesman. <laughs> I think I am now uh, completely president emeritus, and I'm handing, I'm handing the crown <laughs> no, 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 and scepter no, no, no. over to you. I will not accept. I will not accept. <laughs> VP, VP. If nominated, I will not run. If elected, I will not Leo, serve. my liege. <laughs> Actually, this is a day. I do want to mark this. I don't know how historic it is, but this is the day that uh, John F. Kennedy announced uh, before a joint session of Congress on May 25th, 1961, that before this decade is out, the U.S. will put a man on the moon. And, and he did do it. Uh, there, but it's been very interesting. You know, we live in such a great age of information uh, to go back and look at the tapes uh, the White House tapes have been released uh, in the past uh, by the Miller Center, uh, whitehousetapes.net, and they've released some new tapes that showed that Kennedy was chiefly interested, what a surprise, in the PR impact of the moon launch. In fact, he says, we've spent uh, half the expenditures, we've wrecked the budget and all these other domestic products, and the only justification for it, in my opinion... To do it in a pell-mell fashion is because we hope to beat them, the Soviets, and demonstrate that starting it behind them, as we did by a couple of years, by God, we passed them. I think it would be a hell of a thing for us. <laughs> so, it was, it was, it's, the, I, you know, if you haven't gone to this, I had never heard of this site, the uh, uh, University of Virginia's Miller Center for Public Affairs. They have all of these Kennedy tapes, and it's fascinating to hear what really goes on in the Oval Office. Yeah, he admitted that he worried that it was just uh, it was just a stunt. It's just a stunt. You know? So it's like it's good to know. Even JFK has doubts. Yeah. Well, there's the proof they didn't really go. Yeah. It was just a stunt. It was just a stunt. Says so. That'll that'll feed the conspirators. They've got <laughs> they've got Roosevelt here. They've got all sorts of incredible stuff. Um, I I just you know even the Cuban Missile Crisis stuff is in here. Um, so if you haven't, I didn't know about it. I can't. I can't wait now to spend a lot of time here. And you know, it's all the. It's all the audio is actually surprisingly good. Uh, Who but, needs uh, the audio when we have you, Leo? I could just uh, talk like uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> actually, all I'm doing is an impression of uh, the guy in The Simpsons, and uh, <laughs> the mayor. Is it the mayor on The Simpsons? Yeah, I think so. And uh, then, so but he sounds just like Kennedy, so it's close enough. But uh, yeah, it, anyway, it was uh, it was 1961. It was uh, it was 50 years ago today uh, that uh, we made the decision to go to the moon. And whether you uh, agree that it was a stunt or not, and I think it probably was kind of a stunt. It was a, it was one hell of a stunt. It one, sure was one hell of an inspiring stunt. And Jeff and <laughs> it was I one hell of a PR move. That's yeah, for sure. Jeff and I are old enough to remember it and how inspiring it was and how exciting it was. And I think that the long-lasting benefits, there's no doubt that uh, the science that uh, this country, you know, the number of scientists alone that it spawned uh, were valuable. Uh, let's see. Um, Facebook revolution uh, comes to the French presidency. Um, so Mark Zuckerberg was, uh, was meeting with Sarkozy. It's so funny. I mean, Zuckerberg has now met with Obama and Sarkozy in, in the same, you know, week. He's 20, what is he, 27? 27. And he's taking it seriously because he has a suit on. Oh, yes. He's wearing, actually, well, his tie is loosened, which I think kind of gives it that rakish, sporty schoolboy look. <laughs> Doesn't he look like a private school? He looks like he's going to Groton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Which he, I think he did go to Groton, didn't he? Or no, was it Exeter? It was Exeter. Exeter, I think. Yeah, Phillips Exeter. He appeared then at the EGA after this. Right. And by then he had changed into a, into the T-shirt and jeans. Good. They, they, they said on the invitation that we were to wear uh, uh, business casual during the meetings and smart casual to the dinner. And I put on Twitter last night, what the heck is the difference? Somebody said $100 uh, <laughs> from today. Uh, Zuckerberg defines smart casual. It's a T-shirt and jeans. T-shirt and jeans on stage. He said, uh, when asked about meeting with uh, Sarkozy, he said it was fun. I understand where he's coming from. I appreciate the chance to be here and be part of the dialogue. He's learning to be a politician too. Oh, is he ever? Oh, is he yeah. ever? Yeah, he's he. Uh, you know, and it saddened me because Zuckerberg, when I saw him at muckety muck meetings in years past, he was always direct. That's how he got the reputation of being right. aspirated, though he's not. Uh, but he would say what he had to say and then look at you. And uh, now he has the cool lines, and he knows how to do that. And but there's still Zuckerberg moments. He's talking today, and at one point he said he, he kind of got distracted, and he, and he said, "Oh, it's a bug on me." And Maurice Levy said something about, "Oh," and Zuckerberg said, well, "No, it's just normal. I had a bug on me. Sorry, they they lost his place entirely. He couldn't couldn't do it." <laughs> yeah. I I actually appreciate and like that. I'm not I sure. Do too. I I'm, do. I'm not sure I appreciate Mark uh, playing politics, though. Here's an opportunity to really fight the fight. Um, I I don't know when you you know when you go in the, when you walk in the corridors of power, it, you know, even though he obviously has a lot of power and clout, it's in, it's intimidating. Oh, yeah. Um. Access now, which has been really uh, vociferous in its opposition to the EG8. Uh, Today, said in a statement, President Sarkozy's disastrous design for the Internet has become glaringly apparent. The world's most developed economies are poised to impose strict copyright enforcement and heavy-handed government regulation of the Internet. Um, this is based on leaked uh, drafts of the G8 final declaration. Rupert Murdoch <laughs> called for the G8 to protect intellectual property. We hope the G8, how does he tell, he's Australian. We hope the G8 Australian. strongly affirm that property rights of artists and creators are more than just a matter of protecting cultures. Mate. <laughs> In this new century, there are essential requirements for a dynamic economy and the digital future. Essential requirements. Hmm. Well, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Doesn't he make a point if you are, uh, uh, even if, you know, if you're an old school content creator or somebody just who's created some very expensive content you are scared of putting it out on the internet look at uh, uh, look at uh, google and netflix uh, or actually it's not netflix google and uh, their their movie rental system it doesn't work if you root your phone because they can't then apparently guarantee you're not pirating the movie so so google says well all right it will check are you rooted yeah you rooted okay well you can't rent movies from us uh, doesn't that protect? I mean, isn't that necessary? Doesn't Google have to do that to get Paramount and Sony and everybody to put their movies on the Google system? Isn't isn't Murdoch saying yes? These are essential requirements. We're not going to do it unless unless we know we're not going to get ripped off. I really liked what um, 
what, what Barlow had to say about this, that these rules, I mean, Google does that, right? Because the companies say that that's they have what no they choice. need to do. Yeah. They, right. They have no choice, it's right? That or we can't to, offer it. Right. Right. Ours wrote up uh, Barlow's uh, take on this and I, I'm trying to find the good, good quote. Um, I may be one of the very few people in this room who actually makes his living personally by creating what these gentlemen are pleased to call intellectual property. I don't regard my expression as a form of property. Property is something which can be taken from me. If I don't have it, someone else does. Expression is not like that. The notion that expression is like that is entirely a consequence of taking a system of expression and transporting it around, which was necessary before there was the internet, which has the capacity to do this infinitely at almost no cost. But I, okay, I'm, again, I'm going to stay devil's advocate. And Go I ahead. know John's not here. In fact, we should get John Perry, but we've had him on uh, Triangulation, that. but we should get him on this show uh, yeah. to talk about these things specifically. And I know, he, I know he'd be, I'm sure, glad to do it because he's very accessible. Um, but that, to me, that's kind of a misdirection. Nobody's, nobody, we're not talking about the fact that you can, you can make a copy of, you know, uh, the, this is a physical thing and intellectual property nowadays is no longer physical. There's still the issue of if you kind of copy this willy-nilly or allow it to be copied willy-nilly at no cost, um, you, how do you make money on it? And so it's not the issue of, yes, these new technologies allow us to make infinite perfect copies of your ideas and disseminate them worldwide. Well, Nobody's, that's great, but then how do you make a living? Yeah, well, he, a few things. One is that John argued that for music and tells the story of the Grateful Dead where they gave away the music, they made a fortune, they made more money that way. At the same time, he did say to the movie makers, yeah, I understand, what you make costs a great deal of money to make at, at, at that level, and that's that's different, and, and, and he got that. Um, the other interesting thing to me was that Zuckerberg today, when he was talking, said that... Um, you know, he pointed to the success of Zynga and game platforms on top of uh, Facebook. And he said that Zynga now has a higher market cap than, uh, oh, heck, what's the other big market uh, um, game company? Electronic Arts. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And, and Zuckerberg argued that it was because they understood both the games and people. You know, they made it social. And he argued that that was next going to come to media, that the next person who's successful in music will be the person who figures out how to combined knowledge of people and music. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say. Yeah. I mean, we don't, exactly. not next, we know who's, who's doing it. Right? So same with movies or TV or I would argue well, news as well. I don't think all so media, perhaps, I don't think movies lend, let's use movies. Movies don't lend themselves to that. Well, novels not don't. All you're talking about in the case of a movie or a novel is a superior marketing campaign. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Well, but, but, but there could be an involvement in the whole process of making it or a sense that you're involved or a belief that you're involved. Well, yeah, and, that's, and better, that's better marketing. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say, well, uh, we've got what we've got to communicate to our kids is that if they like content, they're going to have to keep paying for it or it won't happen. Is that right? Yes, <laughs> but the argument is no? two. Yeah. I'm not sure that we necessarily have to argue in all cases that it's the content itself that holds the value. Sometimes the relationship, the knowledge of that relationship, the data around that relationship may hold more value than the content. Well, that's for sure I, I, true I was, of, of everything I do. It's not about the content. Exactly. Uh, though your content is beautiful except for what I want. And, <laughs> no, we have good um, content, but the good content in, in, in and of itself, our content is no better or different, you know, it may be worse in some ways than, say, 
uh, Ars Technica. There's there's a content rich environment. What we do that's different is it's social. Right, and I was talking to a, to an executive, uh, a former former head of news, a, a TV network who has a new gig right now, and and he was trying to argue, make that argument that content is valuable and so on. So forth. I said, well, you know, and he was arguing that Zuckerberg devalues content, doesn't value it, right, doesn't care about it. Yeah. And I said, no, actually, it's the opposite. I think Zuckerberg cares more about content in more ways because he sees value in it in more places. I'm pixelating like mad. No, screen. that's okay. You look good here. I don't know okay. how, you, how, you, how we sound to you, but you sound great. Okay. And, and, and so so what, what I said was that he doesn't narrow the definition of content to a little bit. He sees that the content we all create has value. And then the, then the the executive said, "Well, but but content is is the steel that makes Google's cars and so on and so forth." And I said, "Well, yeah, but not necessarily. That assumes that the content again has all the value. Zuckerberg sees the value in the relationships. Google sees the value in the data and the signals." Um, I just think so, that you can't. It's not all one thing. There's different kinds of content. No, I agree. Gina, you I agree, but. Gina, you just say that you Gina, Gina, go ahead, finish your thought, Jeff, and I'm gonna let the young person speak. Go for it. Go <laughs> I mean, it's a common, person. it's a combination of all these things. I'm, I'm not gonna read a book unless I get a recommendation or I hear a reference, and it's all. I mean, it's it's a combination of the social, it's a combination of the data, it's an interaction. And you were saying, Leo, that you think we should teach our kids that if they really like something, then they better buy it, or else they're either gonna get locked up or they should feel really guilty. Fact is that people buy stuff that they that they like, and companies should be concentrating less on how to control content and more on how to give people the opportunity to pay for the content that they love. Well, I agree uh, on that. I, I mean, I that's mean, that's where the energy should be spent. Isn't that an old battle though? That's the old. That was the old argument with the music industry, where they they weren't offering. You know, the the Beatles weren't offering. You couldn't buy it online. Instead of you know trying to worry about copy protection, make it available so people can buy it. But I think there is a a deeper fear. A deeper concern among uh, let's let's use premium content creators as the sphere here because content can be so many things. But among premium content creators, that if we make a movie, if we make the Hurt Locker, uh, and it costs us a certain amount of money to make, if people don't pay to see it but instead just steal it, we can't make the next one. Right, but well, first let's not conflate the creators and the studios. That you know no, what I mean, that's the, true. the funders. Okay, right. so that's that's there's a difference. Yeah. Um, and, and and yeah, the Hurt Locker was was, a, was kind of a weird. It's a great movie though, and I think yeah, people would they, pay they to just see it. Launched the largest lawsuit number of lawsuits ever for torrent users who downloaded it, it was over twenty five thousand subpoenas. And Gaga just took down Amazon because so many people wanted to download for her ninety nine cents. For 99 cents, yeah, but it was the day it launched. And yep. yes, it was 99 cents, so people were being cheap, right? She slowed down Amazon. I yeah. mean, that's unbelievable. And she made money. I mean... Cha-ching. She made... <laughs> There's no question she made money. <laughs> no doubt. So how do you want to be spending your money? On like the, on the lawsuit? Or, you know, right. launching an incredible album that everyone loves, everyone loves her. I mean, she, I mean, she's she is a master of social, the marketing, the music, the performance. She's got the whole package. And I'm sorry, chat room and listeners. Yes, I am a Gaga fan. Uh, but it's not just because I'm a fan. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing what she's doing. And in fact, we should we should play the Chrome. The Chrome commercial is really cool. I too. love that. We will play that. Yeah. Uh, but but, but she, she, to me, is the Beatles of this generation in that uh, it's a phenomenon that is much more than about the music. 
And yet, yes. this, you know, I mean, it's it's and she puts it together a, better than anybody else. There's no question about it. She's a cultural that. icon and Phenomenal. she has had yep. and she knows how to use the Internet. She knows how to reach out. And she knows how to make her fans feel like they know her. Uh, and and it's it's a total experience, I think, being being a Gaga fan. And that's what more uh, people, content creators and platforms which launch them and distribute their their work have to learn. And is it true then that if you are Lady Gaga, you don't concern yourself with uh, whether people will pay for your music, you create fans who, of course, will buy your music. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's true. You know, I yeah. ask my son. I ask my son all the time because um, he makes music now, and he also and, and he downloads a lot of dubstep via LimeWire. And I say, you know, how are you going to feel when that's your music? And I, you know, I don't. It's interesting. I don't. I think maybe I'm old. I also have that old-fashioned notion, but I, I am playing devil's advocate here. But I, but I do think that that is something that needs to be teased out. Is pe people want to make a living doing their art? I want them to be able to make a living doing their art, and I understand well, and their concern about that. So I want to hear from all the people who are so smart about this, like you and John Perry Barlow and everybody. How do you do that? John said a couple things to the to the old farts uh, on, on his panel. One is he said that we have more full-time musicians now than ever. Is that true? I don't know. Do we have, don't have a way to know. There are more musicians in the big band era, but I would think it probably is. People who, who somehow find a way to make it worthwhile. And then one of the guys complained that we spend $5 billion developing artists. And Barlow said, well, man, we're not getting your money's worth that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, uh, the problem is it, it, it it's the hit-based economy. All of these big old monopolistic businesses are trying to be able to bring in the same revenue they used to. Right. This right. is the thing, right? Not everyone's going to be Gaga. A lot of people are right. going to be Jonathan Colton. But they, you know, but they don't want, you know, labels don't want those musicians. They want the Gagas, right? Because right. they're easy money. Well, and by the way, Jonathan Colton's very happy being Jonathan Colton. As he should be. He's awesome. He's, and he's done great. I mean, yep. he's not making Gaga money, but he's making a good living. That's some of it. That is expectation. I think some art, you know, artists coming up uh, a few years ago might have said, "How can I become a platinum artist?" I don't think they're going to be platinum artists. So maybe there's a smaller number of people making obscene amounts of money, but a much larger group of people who can make a living doing this. Choice inevitably inevitably brings the end of the blockbuster economy. Right. Right. Once, once we are fragmented, to use the word that the big media like to use, or once we have choice the way that I would like to see it, then uh, the blockbuster is still possible, but the risk is uh, much, much higher. The I, cost of getting there much higher. I'm the last person to moan because Transformers 4 won't be made, but you, there is a market for blockbusters, and they do cost a lot of money, and you'd have to have investors. I mean, it takes hundreds of people to make. We're Are we going to still see those? Well, you know, Leo, opera is expensive. Yeah, we still see opera. Well, we do and we don't. We see a lot less than we used to, and the world right. survived. Um, <laughs> you know, self-changes. Is Transformers La Traviata of the 21st century? New York City Opera is leaving Lincoln Center because it can't afford to be You're there. You're kidding. Anymore. Oh, that makes me sad. Not that no, I've been to an right. opera in the last yeah, 15 years. Right. right. <laughs> It's more of a sentimental thing. I mean, Leo, you're you're an artist making your art, making making a living at yeah. it because of the, the internet. Yeah, and I of course uh, uh, knew from day one that I I could not charge for what we do, that we would have to give it away, 
and that if we were going to if we were going to make a living doing it and grow, that we would have to find a way to uh, give it away and make money. And we have found a way to do that. Right, and you also, you know, you keep saying that if the network came to you tomorrow, you'd say no thanks. Right. But but I come uh, from a background in in, in free pay free advertising based support yeah. media, so yeah. I understand that medium, and that's a natural medium. But not everything lends itself to that. No. True. No. Absolutely right. Music does not. It's, it's, it's pretty much impossible to sponsor music. Right. But, Gaga, you know, the marketing piece is important. Gaga's audience distributes her, promotes her, sells her, makes her bigger than she would be. You know, oh, yeah. I, I found her chatter at the HBO thing unbearable. But God bless her. She talks about her... Um, her little oh, monsters loved it. You know, it's, oh. it's funny because I had a conversation with the chat room uh, over the weekend in which I was saying... Oh, if Gaga truly engaged with her audience over Twitter, then I would be impressed. And they said, well, read her Twitter. And in fact, she does. She does. <laughs> or somebody, well, and I don't know if it's hers or, or, or Paris Hilton, but somebody is, you know, and it's, it's very engaged. Yeah. And um, that blew me away. I thought, oh, okay, she's not, because I watched the Chrome ad and I said, well, there's no real engagement. She's saying, e I'm so impressed by our little monsters. But that was not a good sampling when I went back and actually looked at her Twitter. Uh, she was very engaged with her audience in a way that is kind of amazing. Yeah, it was interesting. That commercial, uh, the text box she was typing into to put out status updates to her fans was definitely not Twitter, but that's what she uses. I no. mean, Twitter has been a huge platform for her. 10 million uh, little monster followers. Yep. It's interesting because uh, Gaga is, of course, polarizing. Uh, as soon as we talked about it, people saying, I hate Lady Gaga. I know, everyone. everyone's getting... Isn't that funny? Yep, the Beatles did not. Did the Beatles polarize? Maybe they did. Oh, yeah. I guess, you know, the older generation didn't like them so much. Oh, that's true. Well, and when they started off, they were bubblegum. I mean, they were, they were the, right. the Beatle of their day. All right, I guess we're going to have to watch the ad. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, I just want to make you a little jealous, uh, Gina. Uh, Eileen is going to the Glee concert tonight in San Jose. Oh! Live Glee. Oh, oh Eileen! <laughs> and right, I bet she stops at Chipotle on the way. Pirate <laughs> yeah. it when you're there, Eileen. <laughs> she said she will. <laughs> we, we'll just watch your Twitter stream. It won't be like being there, but it'll be close. Here it is. Uh, where did this ad uh, air first? It, I saw it on during Saturday Night Live. That's right, because so she was yeah. on Saturday Night Live, and of course, she hosts, yeah, she, let's she not was, forget. This is all a marketing campaign. Yeah, this is a commercial, people. Yes. <laughs> for Gaga's new album, which came out the next day. I'm sure it'll start any minute now. I don't know why my YouTube is so... Uh, here we go. She's running on the, gold, on the Brooklyn Bridge in short shorts. That's my girl on my bridge. <laughs> and then what's great is she pulls up all these YouTube videos of Singing, lip syncing. There she's typing, you're right, and I don't know what it is. That's the Twitter clone. YouTube. I guess Google didn't want to show a Twitter clone, nor did they want to show Buzz. <laughs> I don't think I got buzzes. There's a Google image search. I 
guess it's really more visual for those of you listening. Uh, you're not really seeing what's going on. But... <laughs> lots of Edison's dancing. Lots of lots of uh, headbang. This is our moment, says Gaga. She obviously uses Chrome. Oh yeah, Lady Gaga uses Chrome. The Google Gaga Nexus is fascinating. It is. Is it Marissa? Uh, oh. I, I wouldn't be surprised. She's a fan, right? Yeah, she definitely is a fan. Well, you know, there's the fashion thing, right? Right. There's that connection. And she, she interviewed Gaga, and she giggled like, I've never seen Marissa so sort of kind of real and, you know, coming apart at the seams, just so excited to see Gaga as, yeah. as that interview. So I wouldn't be surprised wouldn't if... Wouldn't you the, love so to see Marissa remade by Gaga? <laughs> oh. Marissa in a meat dress. One of that those like wild hair pieces and yeah, some bad oh, please, eye makeup. Please, I would please. love to see that. That would be awesome. Marissa, let's make that happen. <laughs> We're going to take a break. You're listening to This Week in Google, watching it too. I hope you can do both. We are live, of course, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, 2000 AUTC at live.twit.tv. Gina Trapani from smarterware.org. Jeff Jarvis from buzzmachine.com. And more to come in just a moment, but I do want to mention our friends at Squarespace who make the most elegant, the most beautiful, the most sophisticated web software for websites ever. And they do the hosting too. And I think that that's really what makes it such a great system because you're getting hosting from Squarespace as well as software that's tuned to work with that hosting. And there's some nice features they get. For instance, the virtual server technology allows them to pour on the bandwidth when you need it. Um, great software, too. I mean, the software is... And people, I think, be, think of it as blogging software. But really, it's just for any kind of website. All you have to do is go to the examples right at the top of the page, squarespace.com slash twig. And you'll see uh, there are blogs, of course, but there's businesses, design and art, e-commerce, food and drink, health and wellness. These are all sites, media and publishing in uh, that use Squarespace in these in these fields, Bob Woodruff's site, uh, this uh, Triune Film. There's our inside Twit site, Kevin Pollack, Dane Cook, our own Brian Brushwood, the Totally Rad Show. These are all sites in, and this is the beauty of Squarespace. They can handle the kind of traffic a Dane Cook's going to generate, and each site looks unique. This you couldn't say, oh, that I recognize that that design. No. Each site is unique. Your site, too. Squarespace is it. It's the secret behind exceptional websites. I want you to go to squarespace.com slash twig. Click that green button, try it free, and set up a site. Maybe you've already got a site. If so, you can import all the content from the uh, site using the traditional APIs, movable type, WordPress type, or blogger. And when they do that, they do everything. The links work. The URLs still work. Everything works, which is really nice. And export, too, so you're never trapped. I do like that. And, and get that site going and, and take a look at what it looks like with the new Squarespace software behind it. If you have a friend, a family member, a favorite business that doesn't have a site, the next time I go into the hair salon, I'm going to say, hey, can I set up a site for you? Because you need a site. If you don't have a site, you don't exist on the Internet. Squarespace.com slash twig. You can set that site up absolutely free, no credit card or anything. So transferring it is as simple as giving them the URL and the password, and it's theirs. <clears throat> they can take it over, make it theirs. Kind of a nice little gift. Give grandma her own website. Couldn't be simpler. Squarespace.com slash twig. Give it a try. 
I'm a big believer in everybody getting on the net, speaking their mind, letting the people letting people hear what you have to say. And, and and boy, if you don't take advantage of these incredible technologies to do that right now, you're missing the opportunity of not just a lifetime of of a of the century. It's the ultimate platform. It really is amazing. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I, I mean, that's what uh, you know. Ultimately, uh, you know, we talk about all these issues, but it's hard not to just say it's going to all work out. Do you think, Jeff, having sat at that table, that you feel like these guys? Could in the long run be damaging, or is it just a short yeah. run blip? No, I, I really think they could. Um, uh, I think that that uh, the urge to regulate, the urge to slow down the progress. You know, Eric Schmidt talks about how the money and the resource goes to the legacy companies, not to the disruptors. The internet is profoundly disrupting the government as well. Uh, Vivian Redding from the EU talks about four pillars of the internet uh, that she wants in regulation, which includes. Um, the right to erase, which we've talked about, and uh, 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 default to privacy, which would have meant that uh, if that existed, then Flickr never could have happened. Right. Um, I, I think there can be, do not track, there was discussion about that, Mitchell Baker, who's brilliant from um, Mozilla was there, and they're, and they're gonna implement do not track. Uh, they basically have started on Mozilla, but if they decided to make that default, I think that could be very damaging to media, as we've talked about. So yes, damage can be done. And you know, at one point in the meeting, I got I got during the press conference that we rebels had. I just turned to my colleagues there on the stage and I said, you know, uh, what do we do? I don't know what we really do. And you know, we, we can talk and we can change the the agenda and we can do things like that. But I don't know that that's enough. I'm not sure what we do. So I yeah, I'm, I I keep away scared of the people who are scared of the internet. I you know I wait a minute. I think they could do damage, and there's no question about that. But I also feel like the internet is like it's it's like water. It's happened. I don't know how how long you can fight it. There's no way you can really truly re like regulate it. I'm, I'm the eternal optimist in the group. Me too. I, I, <laughs> I kind of feel like there's just there's no way. No matter what, no matter what they put into place, this is an unstoppable force. I hesitate to say that because I don't want to discourage people from fighting. Right. Okay. Right. True. Okay. I'll take it back then. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need, we need to fight. Like we need to fight. Procession, it's not going to happen just passively, but yeah. I think we will fight, and I think we will win. But it's not going to happen if we just go, yeah, whatever. Internet, it's permanent. It'll be there forever. It's not. Yeah. yeah well, there's Ms. Hack around talking, um, and you can and, hack around a lot of this. Well, but <laughs> in the UK, there's a new rule coming out now that says that. Basically, the entire internet turns into COPA, and if you keep information on anyone, you're going to have to get written or faxed permission. Yeah, but you know what? If they do that, and then all of a sudden the UK is falling behind as uh, development occurs in other places, uh, then how long does that law last? Well, it depends on the regime. The, the point is, in some regimes, it doesn't matter. In China, they would just assume fall behind right. on certain ways because they'd rather have control. They're yeah, yes Turkey. and no. I mean, Egypt turned off the Internet, but how long? And and, and yeah. I think that uh, it's it, it would become so quickly apparent that by doing so, you're hobbling your future. That was the that was the main message to me that, that uh, Sarkozy need to, needed to hear. It's let's not worry about today's stakeholders. Let's think about tomorrow. Yeah, well, one of Larry Lessig's great lines, and he had many of them, but he said that the, the future of the Internet is not here. Uh, they didn't know how to get invited. 
Right. But the future of the internet is not Google, it's not Facebook, right. it's some kid we don't know yet. I tried to get my daughter in. <laughs> She's the future of the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. J Jake is the future of the internet. Oh, God knows yep. what he's going to do now. <laughs> <laughs> and there are children, you know, being born today that are the future of the internet. And it's yeah. really for them that it's important that we keep this as open as possible. Google uh, made a big statement about NFC. They're, uh, according to the chief of commerce at Google, speaking at uh, Disrupt, uh, NFC is a big bet for Google. Right now, which Google phones, Android phones, support NFC? Is it only the Nexus S? I, I think so, yeah. yeah. I think uh, so, for so far, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more. There's rumors that Apple, too, wants to be in this. Near-field communications, the idea that you can wave your phone in front of a soda machine and it'll pop a soda out or in front of a Starbucks uh, cash register and you'll get coffee. In fact, Starbucks uh, was one of the places this was being tested in Europe. Um, oh, really? Oh, Starbucks, I, I use the Starbucks app, which is just, you know, a scan of a barcode. Right. It should have NFC. It's wonderful. They, they said there was a successful trial at Starbucks in London. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something magical about being able to pay the device. I mean, even just using Square, which is swiping your old credit card, you know, is, is kind of cool. Square right? is disruptive. Square is really disruptive. Just look at Verifone's getting upset about it. It's very disruptive. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Verifone really made a good point, and I have the same point about NFC, is uh, what about security? Oh, right. Right. This is the question. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Stephanie uh, Tillinius, VP of Google Commerce and Payments, who said we're making a big bet on it, on NFC, as a company. There's a lot of potential there. Um, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't confirm any partnerships, particularly a partnership with Citibank, but that's what they're going to have to do, right, is have a big financial player get behind it. Yep. Right, well, plus, isn't there a lot of hardware to be installed? I mean, you know, every, every vending machine, every parking lot, yeah. every um, store register... That's a lot. If it if it if it uh, increases sales and increases profits, yeah, which I'm sure it would. Yeah, this this Wall Street Journal article says that they're going to make an announcement tomorrow, which will involve uh, a couple of retailers: American Eagle, Subway, Macy's. Uh, will have the ability to accept payments. If this is true, this is this is how. That's kind of funny though, because how are you going to do it? What are they going to? Maybe they'll give you a little card with something in it. Right. Right. Does it, is right, the NFC chip a passive chip? Is it just like an RFID? It just sits there? doesn't need I power, so. does it? I don't know. I think so. I'm not sure. I had my first NFC experience at Google I.O. thanks to Eileen, who yes. lent me her Nexus S. Yes. And I got to write my NFC tags. Um, and, a, and a Googler who shall not be named lent me an Nexus S. Oh. Uh, to, to, uh, and, and said, oh, you're going to do NFC development? <laughs> that, that's hint, hint, uh, which hint. was interesting yes very interesting hint, so hint. well um, you consider the added value that comes out of it uh you know again my argument is that they're looking for signals so google will know more about what you buy where you buy it um and can offer great deals use your nfc and get three percent off use your nfc and get an extra you know whipped cream well an interesting uh and le little known feature of google latitude is it has automated check-ins so, you know, one of the pains with Foursquare is every time I go somewhere, if I'm going to play this stupid game, and I am because Liz Romero stole the mayorship of our new studios from me, is, uh, <laughs> doesn't it suck you in, by the way? I got it from my, I got the mayorship of the cottage, though, from Eileen, so I'm okay. Uh, 
what was I saying? Oh, is that it's a pain. You know, I feel, I'm embarrassed. My wife says you're checking in. Yes. Every time we go to a restaurant, <laughs> you're going to check in, aren't you? Yes. And, it's a, and so Latitude just checks you in automatically. You could ch check a box, and then when you get there, you're checked in. So. Even more embarrassing, my, my wife, who knows I'm a creature of habit, when I suggest going to, like, a new restaurant, she'll be like, you just want a new check-in. You want a mayorship. Just, you just want a new check-in. <laughs> and when a new restaurant opens, you want to be the first one there, so you get the extra five points for, for creating the venue in the... Oh. Exactly. <laughs> it's I, embarrassing. It's Pwned so embarrassing. by game mechanics. Pwned. You know... See, but I never go to new restaurants, because guess where I always go? Chipotle. Oh, yes. Don't say it. Yeah. Taco Bell. <laughs> Oh. We got to hold, we got to hold Chipotle up, you know. We got to because they're getting free advertising. Yeah, okay, right. So we gotta, we gotta like use a code word for Chipotle, so that when we say it, people won't know, you know. So Wendy's, and then that way, unless Chipotle buys advertising from now on, it's Wendy's. And by the way, I went to another Wendy's in New York this week, and they actually had the chorizo there, but Ooh. a different place. Oh, it wasn't the one is in the Wendy's we were talking about? No, no, it was an extra Wendy's. Uh, somebody on Twitter is at Wendy's and just tweeted a picture of both the the computer screen with the show up and the Wendy's burrito. Oh, <laughs> so man. It's pretty, uh, <laughs> this is Dang. good. Dang. Boy, Wendy's is sure making total jealous, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. well, to be honest, I don't want Wendy's advertising. I wouldn't accept it. Really? No. That stuff will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's good. No, I went Come to on, Wendy's. Jeff, we have standards here. I went What's... to Wendy's uh, the other night. At, the, at actual Wendy's. Not the pseudo. <laughs> I went to the actual not, Wendy's. Not the Mexican Wendy's. Yeah. I, it was, there was no, I was stuck somewhere and there was nothing else to eat. Honeycomb. Didn't it taste pretty good, Leo? Yeah, it tastes great. An American way. Junk know. food tastes great. It does. Sad. Sad. Until about an hour afterwards. That's when it tastes right. bad, is later. Yeah. That's when you're, you yeah. it tastes like regret. Yeah. yeah, it tastes like regret. <laughs> I love Krispy Kremes in the morning. It tastes <laughs> like regret. Uh, the Galaxy Tab that you and I have, Gina, will be uh, shipped uh, next week with 3.1 on it. 3.1! <gasps> but uh, now Zoom has 3.1. I, I, By the way, I stood around the Zoom display at Costco yesterday. No, no, no takers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the what? The I, Zoom. You know, I Motorola, that, the yeah. Zoom. Oh, the what? Right. Oh, that thing. I yeah, have to say, yeah. when you compare the uh, 10 one, the Galaxy Tab 10 one to the Zoom, it's like there's it's like night and day. Yeah. Motorola really missed the boat on that one. Yeah, I when oh, I, I saw, saw some story. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. No, I just I got onto my tab and was like went to software update and I had to sign up for a Samsung account which I hadn't done. So yeah. I did that and Still no nothing. updates. No. Dang it. But Dang. I imagine that we'll get uh, we'll get it you know soon, right? Because in the next couple weeks, yeah, June. I think was it June 6th that it's supposed to come out? So two weeks, yeah. Yep. Droid 3 coming out with a big, big, big keyboard. Four, was it four, in, four three-inch screen? A big screen. Uh, the details leaked. Let's see what else. Google says <laughs> they're going to use seawater to cool their data center in Amina. Amina, Amina, Amina. And... Uh, that's they're going to get blamed for global warming. I was going to say. Warming the whole ocean, yeah. They're going to boil the ocean. It'll be good until the ocean evaporates. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 
was interesting. They they actually my first thought was like, wow, they're going to heat up that whole gulf there. But they mix the outgoing warmer water with existing raw seawater to get the temperature back down uh, to closer to the existing temperature, so it doesn't disrupt the environment on the way out. Aren't they smart? Yeah. They bought apparently it's a it's a, this is a going to be in Finland, and they bought a former paper mill which already had seawater tunnels. They didn't have to do new tunnels, but they had to check them, so they got an android. I mean, a robot. Maybe it was an android. An android was it an android-controlled robot? <laughs> I hope so. To check the tunnels. This is the first time anybody's used seawater to cool a data center. Because, I mean, you got to clean it. It's not easy. you got got corrosion issues. And I imagine it takes a lot of energy to pump that water. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? Well, uh, it, that's why it probably only works in some places. Well, that, that's why the, the Google plan to have the the um, the center data center that was actually on the ocean, where the waves were going to power it as well. Right. Mm. And did they patent something like that? I mean, it's really very cool. Right. Well, it's a big. You know, it's not merely environmental. It's expensive. I mean, this is. Yeah. It's funny. Nobody really thinks of the fact that every search you do costs a little bit of power. Right, think about how hot your MacBook Pro gets and right. multiply that by like 10 million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this kind of efficiency is very, very important. Um, no more offline Gmail and Google Chrome. But it's funny, as they move closer and closer to the, the Chromebook, uh, they kill gears, um, but Google doesn't maintain gears. And so they're, I guess they're, they're taking offline mail out. Yeah, but they're going to have the HTML5 uh, offline version out. They said early summer, so soon. I, I, I'm not sure why they didn't, at least if not create overlap, do it kind of one version to the next. Yeah. But it looks like they just needed to have a cutoff point for the gear support and then so that they can introduce the HTML5 offline version. So there are going to be, there's going to be a few weeks where you can't do offline, offline Gmail and Chrome. And they actually recommend using the Firefox version. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, in the help document, in the in the you know the Python help document, oh, you know, no. in, the, in the interim, which seems which oh, seems odd. But, oh no! YouTube, but it's on the radar. It's coming. YouTube users now the nude stat upload forty eight hours worth of video a minute, two days per minute. Amazing. Three billion videos a day they serve up. That's nutty. Um, six and YouTube is six years old now, so that's. Wow, that's just. Uh, I would love to figure out how much, what the storage costs now, what it would have cost ten years ago. Do you think YouTube costs. is profitable? Did they have ever broken that out of their, in their financials? They don't. I think they said it's profitable though, didn't they? I don't know. But of course, what's the profit? I mean, many definitions of that. They made a penny. Right. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you had YouTube and you made a penny a year, you'd be happy. Yeah. Doesn't you know? As long as you don't lose a billion dollars a year or a month or whatever, be hard not to. I mean, that's a lot of storage, a lot of a huge amount of bandwidth. Three billion videos a day. The uploads alone. Forget the watching. Right. Right. Forget just the play. The playback. Right. Somebody do some math in the chat room. If it's forty-eight hours of video a minute, assuming that the video is kind of medium quality video, how many gigabytes or terabytes or petabytes a minute is that? According to uh, Forbes, Facebook's getting in the music business. Now we got Google. We got Amazon. Sure, surely we're going to have Apple any minute now doing a cloud service. Facebook is an interesting player in all of this. They're going to work with Spotify.
Now that's Europe only, so maybe this won't be a U.S. something we could do uh, in the U.S. Facebook has partnered with Spotify on a music streaming service that could be launched in as little as two weeks. According to Forbes, the integrated service is currently going through testing, but when launched, Facebook users will see a Spotify icon appear on the left side of their newsfeed along with the usual icons for photos and events. Clicking on the icon will install the service on their desktop in the background. Facebook's got it down in terms of, you know, making it easy for people to kind of add these features to Facebook. And then you could just be in your Facebook, which people already are, right, and listen to music. Millions of songs. This, this makes a lot of sense, right? Especially with young people's music. What you listen to, the music they identi identify with is so much a part of your identity and so much like defines your tribe and you want to know what your friends are listening to. And this, is, this makes sense. This and makes that, a lot more sense than Ping or even, right. you know, Amazon or even Google Music. A quick poll, which are you, either of you two using Google Music uh, regularly yeah. right now? Yeah. Yeah. I uploaded almost 7,000 songs. Uh-huh. Well, using it. What do you mean using it? Actually well, listening? I mean, are you, yeah, I mean, are you like reaching for when you get on your phone and you want to listen to, are you reaching for it as your kind of primary music? Like when you want to listen to music? I have so many ways that I can listen to music now. I have a Mog subscription. Mog's on my Sonos, but I also have Pandora. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Pandora. And I'm, I prefer to listen to those than the music I already have and know. But I have to say I, the idea that I now have on any phone, any Android phone or device that I pull out, I just log in and I have access to my entire music collection. I nice. like that. Yeah, it is nice. Nothing wrong with that and it's free. But where did I buy Gaga? Amazon. Right. I didn't even bother downloading it. It's in my cloud. Right. What do you think of this, Jeff Jarvis? We both have college kids. <laughs> Peter Thiel is paying 24 college kids to, to, to drop out, basically. $100,000 bucks. Uh, Jake told me that he almost applied. What? I said, oh, oh, to have been there the moment you told your mother you won it. He <laughs> <laughs> would have been killed. Well, it's a mixed blessing, uh, though, because that's uh, yes. a significant amount of money you don't have to pay. That's true. Um uh, yeah, I mean, he told me that the application is it's not about the product. It's kind of about what you want to do in the world, which is interesting today, by the way, with Zuckerberg. He was saying that he sees this very strange thing in Silicon Valley where people decide that they want to start a company before they know what they want to start. And he said, it doesn't make any sense. Oh. I think Teal's the same way. He's trying to say that you want to, you want to change something. You want to disrupt something. You want to fix something. What is that? And, and that's the driver. It's not starting a company. I think he's right. I think that if you know, if you look at the great successes, they have not all of them, but enough of them are made by dropouts. It really makes me think that in the days when we had a draft, how much innovation were we ruining by bringing, making you regimented, putting you through college? How much were we ruining by making you regimented? So I well, you know, wait a I'm, minute though. Israel requires a military service of all of its young people. True. And true. I can't. I don't think you could say Israel is not a hotbed of innovation in the Texas. That's true. You're right. So I don't. I think that that's. I think we could say that's not the case. It's the old draft dodger in me talking, Leo. <laughs> Are you a draft dodger? No, I was two fifty six. Yeah, me too. I had a very high number in the. I was in the. I was. Uh, I was in the last. I think the last lottery. I was too, and and uh, but but I had that argument with my. I was ready to. I oh, was debating jailer Canada. I wasn't going to Vietnam, that's for sure. Uh, uh, with all due respect to those who serve our our nation, I, yes, that is all true. I have no disrespect for you poor, whatsoever. Poor Gina, poor Gina says, "Oh God, here go the old parts yeah, again." I remember. 
I remember when beer, you had to use a can opener to open the can. Remember that? <laughs> Hasn't been another Sinatra, has there? No, well, I <laughs> you could take your Michael Bublé and your... cha-cha stuff. It's just... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm just a, I'm a sponge. I'm learning from my elders. <laughs> I'm just saying, Gaga ain't no Jaja. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we had stars in our day. <laughs> and that Conan can't light a candle to Merv Griffin. Show title. Show title. <laughs> Gaga ain't no Jaja. Half of Facebook walls have profanity. What the heck? <laughs> oh fudge uh this was interesting we kind of got the story on uh, uh uber media twitter and tweet deck uh twitter did officially close that for 40 million dollars um interesting article in business insider talking about uh bill gross who is a legend in this business as an as a entrepreneur as a businessman a smart businessman kind of fumbling the deal for TweetDeck. Uh, Uber Media was trying to buy TweetDeck, which would have given them a significant percentage of Twitter traffic. Foolishly, before the deal is closed, he announced that he was going to compete with Twitter. Kind of I don't a think he announced it so much as it, as it, it leaked, leaked out. Somehow it got out. Uh, apparently, he was, he was messed, I want to say, dicking around with, uh, with TweetDeck. And so TweetDeck, yeah. instead of closing the deal, and he was kind of trying to get a better deal. Um basically signaled Twitter of his interest. Twitter swoops in and steals TweetDeck and saves the day. I, w I hope they keep TweetDeck alive. I have to think, though, with their existing clients, they probably won't. But at least they kept it away. The stubbornness of Twitter means to me. I'm, I'm using my iPad, and it was the first conference I went to where I used it, where it was good. Good. Uh, as long as we got... The, the irony of being at the EGA was, of course, the Internet sucked. No, um, really? Oh. The questions so were saved. The Internet connection refused. was down. Yeah, Sarkozy. Um, but but they were just Twitter refuses to acknowledge as much as they like the fact that we all add in new features and conventions, the RT, the way we like to use it, it just amazes me. Google Doodle winner uh, depicting a, a doodle of life in space. This was the contest they got in a little trouble for because they were asking kids for like what their their home address or something i don't remember they were oh, a social right. security number or something like that. i think right. it was social right. wasn't it it was the it last, was last four, four digits right yeah, last four digits oh that's not verify so unique identity uh the winner goes to seven-year-old mateo lopez of south san francisco is uh, 107 submissions five million votes cast and uh, it's like for a seven-year-old that's a damn fine drawing mateo it really is i'd put that in my fridge Wow. Kids like today. The yeah, the feet. Kids today. Yeah, the G is really good. Both Gs are good. The first G is particularly good. You were supposed to draw on the theme of what I'd like to do someday. And, of course, he's obviously wants either wants to be a little green man or an astronaut. <laughs> I, I would guess the one in the middle. Isn't that, that's, that's nice. I like it. Happy story. We should end with that on a happy note. Yes. Yes. Um, Amazon offering a 3G Kindle now for 164 ad supported. I bought the $114 one. I think we talked about it. It's not not in any way intrusive. Uh, good deal. Recommend it. Let me let me ask you about the whole run. I you saw that John Malone is looking to buy Barnes and Noble, and yeah. I'm trying to figure out why. Why, why? John Malone, who uh, 
Was wasn't he Liberty Media? He's a media moguls. Yeah, he, he's he's the he's the most barracudish, toughest ta- cable guy in an industry that's all tough. And some say he wants the Nook, but I don't buy that. You can come up with a device that has Android on it and make it in China. And the and Nook's the, not the even Nook. going to be a winner in the long run. It's going to no. be Google. Or, I mean, Amazon. Um, well, I, you know, I, I see some opportunity to attack Amazon. Uh, that's fine. But, but the bricks and mortar no. cost you a fortune. I don't, I don't get, get it. it. I don't either. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, they want to buy up 70%. Of course, Barnes & Noble is probably fire sale priced, right? $17 a share. Well, that gives it a billion-dollar value. Yeah. Um, they're betting. Liberty Media Chairman John Malone and Chief Executive Greg Maffei told Investors Money the potential for the Nook platform to become the ebook platform of choice for consumers. On, no, no. Oh, figure. I mean, he's a cable guy, so he thinks about distribution. He thinks about controlling distribution. Uh, but I, 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 no matter There's how much there. I put my head around, I can't get it. There's, that's misdirection. That's not their plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Liberty Media execs are hoping to gain popularity with publishers who might not want Amazon to get too big. That could uh, be. That could right. be. <laughs> and they said, eh, retail stores aren't such a bad idea. Jesus. He says... Seth Godin wrote a really good post about libraries and how libraries, you know, the value of libraries, librarian, blah, blah, blah. And it was occurring to me after I wrote this post, I, I've written this up, but I, you almost think a Barnes & Noble store should become a place to browse, becomes the third place you hang out. You know what they should do? They should hire librarians. Yeah. Recommend books. A good, a good, a good, a good bookstore clerk is worth her weight in gold. Yeah, yeah. That's what Abby wants to do this summer is work in the bookstore. Yeah. Yeah. I say right on. Right on, sister. Um, he, he says the strong store presence will give the company's physical stores an enduring role. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, I love bookstores, but really you think, I mean, it's like saying, you know, we'd like to buy that Blockbuster company too because we think VHS sales are going to go through the roof <laughs> next year. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, I just want to make sure I, I get every major story. I think, we, I think we've hit them all. Yeah, good job. Yeah, um, yeah we did. I, but Leo, sorry, just to rewind for a second. You think they're going to kill TweetDeck, Twitter? Yeah, well, why would they keep it? They've got uh, tw- the official Twitter app on all platforms now, right? I love TweetDeck. It seems like they're looking to like, cater to the pro users. No, I think it was a defensive buy. Mm. I, 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 don't, I don't think it makes sense for Twitter to have two clients on any platform. But like the, what about if they market it as kind of like the power user client? I mean, there's also Facebook and Buzz and Foursquare support and TweetDeck. I, I mean, you know, I don't know that they might kill that. I, I love TweetDeck. It's interesting. I love TweetDeck too. I live in it. It's sad. Yeah, it would be a bummer. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe could go along with their analytics package for the kind of the power user, the big organizations with lots of accounts. And maybe that's just a wishful thinking because I love it. Yeah, well, okay. I want to give a quick thank you to Restoration Hardware. Our furniture came. Have you seen the? Fur- have you been over to the studio and seen the furniture? It's so fun. The, the uh, we got the desks for uh, the uh, newsroom, and Already? they're just they're pre-distressed. <laughs> they look nice. like they they look like something from France in the in the 18th century. They're great. <laughs> and then we've got these other desks for the office desks. They're really cool. They have like airline. We were looking for something that really looked cool. Um, uh, for the new office to fit the, the kind of the deco retro look. 
Uh, I just wanted to mention that there is a restoration. We want to thank them and tell you about the Restoration Hardware app, which is out for the iPad that gives you their full source book. This is 384 pages. Actually, I have to download it. I have the other one. I have the uh, Summer Outdoor uh, source book. If you want to see the furniture we're getting and all the great stuff at Restoration Hardware, I'm a huge Restoration Hardware fan. We are so thrilled that they were able to help us out with our new studio. So they should do an AR version of it with your studio so you can see the items in the I studio will do and it look for at the prices. Them. You bet. I will do it for them. They actually have it's pretty, it's pretty kind of interactive uh, catalog. Uh, okay, blah, blah, blah. So you can look at something in the catalog, double tap it to zoom in, and then there's... Oh, that's kind of interesting. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I want every time I look at the catalog, I want to buy something. And then when you then the pages have zones that you can tap on to order, so you could pull up an order page. It's pretty cool. I tell you, commerce is changing rapidly. Well, Thank you, Restoration Hardware, uh, for your support of our Twit Cottage. Don't forget, folks, too, those Twit bricks. They're available at Bricks. As long as I'm plugging stuff for the cottage. They're available. You're, you're going to be eating those Wendy's burgers right there on those yeah, chairs. Yeah, yeah. Too bad. It would have been fun to have a little something else there, but I guess we'll eat Wendy's burgers in the Brick Twit House. Yeah, I'm kind of more of a fan of the Mexican, the down, the south, you know, south of the border style, but that's okay. Bricks.twit.tv. Well, I enjoyed a good enchirito. Uh, enchirito. Uh, <laughs> it is time for our. Number and tool of the week, starting with Gina Trapani and her tip of the week. We've talked about Gmail Labs before, which are these experimental features you can enable in Gmail. Calendar has them as well. Ooh. So if you use Google Calendar, they don't roll them out as quickly and there aren't as many as for Gmail. But <clears throat> if you go into your Google Calendar settings, you can see there's a labs, there's a labs section and there's a new labs feature called Next Meeting, which tells you basically how many hours until the next scheduled thing that you have. That's so, good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's really neat. It shows on the sidebar. I've got, you know, two, two more hours till Twig, which is nice, you know, if I put on my personal productivity hat. It's a nice way to say, like, what can I get done in two hours? You know, so I won't start on a, on a big project or maybe, I, you know, what, what can I get done in a few minutes? Um, but there's a bunch of cool labs features in here. Once you're in there, you should check them out. Um, automatically decline time. events during certain times and, yeah. uh, you know, well, show, show me who schedule things with me. If you're a big Google Calendar user, definitely check them out. But I, I, I like this next meeting, which really helps you kind of like kind of plan out your day. You know how much time you have until your next um, commitment. Love it. Jeff Jarvis, your number of the week. I've got one. It's 27. 27. When asked, when asked about his legacy for humanity, Zuckerberg said, I'm 27. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the Zuck we like. I love it. Yeah. You know, I'll get back to you in a few years. <laughs> um, uh, Maurice Levy, uh, Levy also said, uh, you know, was amazed that he turned out a billion dollar check from Yahoo and he said, you were, uh, you know, 25 and Zuckerberg said, no, 22. Ah! <laughs> My uh, tool is really uh, just a way to waste time. I hope you don't mind. But uh, this was, uh, you know, I tell you, if you, if you haven't yet uh, put the Amazon App Store, I know it's a little hard on your Android phone or your Android device. Uh, it, it do because they they give away a free program every day and it's now part of my ritual in the morning to get up and see what's free this morning and I've discovered so many great free Android apps here's one that really works well on the tablet but you can also uh, get for the phone it's called Chalkball did you try that yet Gina no I haven't oh it's chalk so much ball. fun I'll play this sounds it. dangerous yeah see there's the ball and you have to draw chalk to bounce the ball and you have a limited amount of chalk so you're trying to bounce the ball keep it alive if it falls off the screen 
See, now I'm going to get a refill of chalk because I hit the hit the right thing. If it falls off the screen, then you're kind of dead. Now watch, i got to put a little chalk there. Oh, 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 whoa. Oh. <laughs> this is oh, this looks dangerous. It's de deceptively fun and simple, and, and but it's really... Uh, it's really a great game. It's called Chalk yeah. Ball, and I can't... Oh. oh. If you tip the tablet, will it go Oh, the wouldn't other that way? be good? No. Oh, cool. you distracted me. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, but it, it's a really... It's kind of a very realistic... Uh, it really feels like you're drawn on a chalkboard, and it's kind of fun. Anyway, it was free. I think it's a buck or something. It's not expensive. But, it, but you again, I just want to underscore... Get that Amazon web store on your Android phone. You'll be glad you did. I've downloaded a bunch of free crap. Yeah, Crackball, that's another name for it. Gina Trapani is at smarterware.org. That is her site. Uh, she's also on Twitter as Gina Trapani. <laughs> Trapani. Yep, Gina Trapani. Gina Trapani. 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 And uh, she also uh, is at uh, the uh, thinkuplabs.com site where her thinkup app is. Thinkupapp.com. Thinkupapp.com. Yeah, we're starting our summer mentoring program. So if you're an open source expert, veteran, or you're a newbie, come and we'll pair you up and, and uh, I'll put you to work for me. Good. Awesome. <laughs> what a treat that would be to get to do that. Are you kidding? <laughs> Thank you, Gina. Jeff Jarvis is the new president of the Internet. Oh, elected no, 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 by no, no, acclamation. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Thank you, Jeff. For, I am, I am your servant, my liege. No, no, no. Thank you for for doing such a great job in uh, France and for going. BP, BP. <laughs> no, he's Bonsoir. He's my president. Have a great evening. Thank you for joining us late at night in uh, in Paris. Enjoy the rest of your visit, and uh, we'll see you soon back here. Jeff is at buzzmachine.com, also at Jeff Jarvis on Twitter. The author of a book, What Would Google Do? That is a fascinating read, but uh, look for his new book, Public Parts, out soon. Better bookstores everywhere. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next week on This Week in Google.